Miss um, Barb is in Arizona enjoying the sun. She misses you all and wishes she could be here. Well, not really, but you know. We all have to say that anyway, right? <laughs> and stuff. She probably would have liked it if she could have come just for this and then flew back. You know, if she could have flown just for this and then flown back out on her vacation and stuff. So we're glad to have Miss Tracy with us today. She's going to fill in for Barb and help us with the next thing. And um, I'm excited to hear about this, even though sometimes it's a hard one to learn, but we're going to be talking about obedience. Um, you know, it's a good thing, but it can be a hard thing at the same time. So today's quote for you is, we don't have to do, it, do all of it alone. We were never meant to. So don't be the lone wolf, guys. So we're glad you're here. Welcome. So let's pray. Father God, we just thank you. We thank you that you are a good father. We thank you that um, obedience is from you. It's for our betterment. It's for our peace. And we thank you for that, Lord. We just ask that you be with Tracy. Give her your words today as she brings this to us. In your name we pray. Amen. Do you want the slide up? Can we do the slide at the beginning? Okay. Hi. Hi. I, yeah, you say hi, stranger, but when I did the math, like, you've had snow days, you guys had the day after spring break off, I've only missed one week. Right? I thought about that. Like, I've been teaching full-time for the whole month, and I feel like I'm missing everything, and I missed nothing. Okay, I missed one week. But... Yeah, I thought that was kind of crazy. Um, but I will miss the rest because <laughs> um, substitute teaching full-time right now. So this is a really big class for me. I actually i am doing special ed and I have classes of like, well, 12 is my biggest. And then I love it because I have a class of four and a class of five. It's fantastic. I'm sorry, you reminded me of something real quick. Okay. Just to give everybody a heads up, next week we will not be recording and we are going to do... Um, a Q&A, so if you have any questions, if you have anything like, oh, what, what did you really mean by this? Or if there's, you want to share anything that God has showed you or taught you through this time. So it's going to be an overview of the whole year next week. So awesome. Say that. Very good. Um, so I was thinking about one thing that I just wanted to say, and because I feel like this group has followed our, my journey a bit over the last couple of years and so I'm really grateful and so I just I thought this is a great chance to say thank you for all of your care and love and support um, in so many different ways by so many of you and I also wanted to take the chance to invite you if you are not yet on our prayer team for overboard ministries for the youth ministry that we're starting in Kalkaska County if you would like to stay updated on all of that, the speaking and retreats and things that Joe and I do, um, you can do that by following that link, overboardministries.com, join our team. So um, yeah, it, Joe sends out an email every Tuesday and it gives a little update, three prayer requests, and it'll also tell you like what our, what our schedule's looking like so that we can have your prayers because we definitely covet your prayers as uh, things are moving right along <laughs> in, a, in a crazy fashion. So um, would love to have you part of that. And then the other thing is, if you have any 
interest in joining our financial team, which there's a number of you that do that as well, and we are so grateful. We are raising full-time support so that we can work full-time um, in this rural youth ministry. So if you have any interest in that, actually next Sunday after church, we are hosting a lunch down in the community center, and um, I just need to know if you want to come so that we have enough food. Okay, so if you're interested in that, just come and see me after. All right, commercial over. Um, I was thinking about obedience and I look at these sweet little babies. They're so innocent. And I was actually thinking about um, when I first noticed um, disobedience and sin nature in my kids. Like it doesn't take very long. It, it seems like it should take a lot longer. Oh, there we go. It's like you gotta get it tight enough to make your ear hurt. I don't know. Okay. Actually, I told Joe, I have this brilliant brainstorm. They need to make a special mic for women that just like sticks to your face. And then you can do your hair however you want. And it just like <laughs> matches your skin. Nobody knows it's there. Isn't that brilliant? It probably exists already, so maybe I'm behind the curve. Yeah, there's got to be something lipstick that has microphone in it. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't really care, just not here. Because I, I, I actually asked Joe this morning, what do you think, hair down, hair up? And he goes, are you thinking about the microphone? Yes, I'm thinking about the microphone. I don't know what to do with my hair. Uh, Blah, blah. You can tell where I'm at right now. Whew. <laughs> um, so I was thinking about um, AJ. I remember um, Joe's told this story a number of times, but AJ was six months old. He was laying on the changing table, and right above on the wall, the changing table, we had this framed picture, and it was, my sister had given it to me, and it was um, several verses of Jesus loves me. There's actually more than one verse. Anyway, and it had this cute little pattern that matched the room, and so that was right there, so when we would change him, you know, we would see that, or we'd sing to him, or whatever. And one day, you know, he got big enough to touch it, and Joe is changing him, and he's like, no. So, okay, hmm, so he touches it again. And, and Joe a little firmer, he's like, AJ, no. Well then, you know, he gets like the little, little quiver, and then he looks right at Joe and goes, <laughs> and touches it again. So now Joe is like, AJ, no. Like, you know, your, your I mean it voice to the little six month old. Yeah, he cries for a second and then looks right at him and just <laughs> sticks his hand up there again. So now, now extreme measures are coming in. So Joe, oh, I'm really sorry. It annoys me when I'm in the audience and this happens, but it's happening. Um, so then, so then Joe takes his little hand, just, just gives him a very slight tap. And AJ, no. <laughs> and touches it again. So then he got a real smack, and then he was like, <laughs> and he never, he never touched it again. But I was like, that, that desire to disobey, <laughs> like it's in there. We know it's in there. 
and they're so innocent, it doesn't seem like it's possible. I remember thinking, like, up to that point, I hadn't really seen this, this willful, I am going to do whatever I want, and I don't care what you say, kind of thing. Yeah, you all know. You have more kids besides that, right? It's not like it's first time. Not like you're going, really? My kid's going to disobey? It's such a shocker. Um, so in thinking about obedience, I actually struggled for quite some time figuring out what direction to take this. Because I, w I was like, well, this could be done in about three minutes. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, obey. <laughs> like, do what God says, connect to him. You know, I mean, like, we know. I, I know the things in my life where I'm, where I'm prone to disobey, where I'm prone to do the wrong thing. Um, so in one sense, it's like really simple. Trust and obey. You know, I mean, we, we learned this all growing up about obedience. So I'm going to take it a totally different direction, and then it's going <laughs> to tie in later. With me? Okay, so there's this um, book that I read about 10 years ago. It's called Mastery, and this first page comes um, out of that book. So let's see if you can relate to any of these. The first one is The Dabbler. The Dabbler um, approaches new things with enthusiasm. They love getting started. Do I have any starters? Any people, I am totally a starter. So I love to get the new book, the new journal, the new workout outfit, the new gym membership. Anybody else? <laughs> I mean, like those things. It doesn't have to be in any one category. It might, it might be just in a specific category where you like to start. Um, so we love getting the new equipment. Um, but then, th then challenge comes. We get started, it's really great. Like, I think about this with um, diets from personal experience. Like, okay, I'm gonna do this. And I lay everything out. I love to plan it all out. I'm, if you need to plan something, I would love to help you. Execution, <laughs> mm, maybe not so good <laughs> sometimes. But I just love to, to plan all that out and get all the new stuff and get it all lined up and so beautiful and ready to go. But then it gets hard, like in a in a diet, it sounds really good. I think about how I might feel. I love all these new little things I'm doing, and about four days later, I'm like, this is hard. Whoop. And then, this is the phrase that I think comes for the dabbler. So I say, this probably wasn't the right thing after all. Like, or if we spiritualize it, I don't really think God wanted me to do this. <laughs> it wasn't really God's will. I wasn't hearing his voice so right you know, because it gets hard. So then what, do, what does the dabbler do? We go and find something else, right? <laughs> oh, so I'm going to start this. Because the starting part feels so good, and it's so fun, and so exciting and energizing. Um, but as you can see, you know, we make a, a little leap of progress right at first. And as soon as it starts to plateau, or as soon as we have a um, a little hiccup or a setback, then we go down real fast, and yeah, we quit, okay? Um, the next one is the obsessive. Again, the obsessive approaches with great enthusiasm. Um, 
in this, which I think in similarity to the dabbler, <laughs> is they're all in. So they buy the biggest package, they get the biggest, biggest thing, because maybe they go to the seminars, um, you know, I go to every training, I do everything, and I love, in the obsessive, we love the feeling of progress. So then, when, when I see progress not happening, as soon as there's a little drop off, then this is what the obsessive says. Well, there's several things they say, but one of them is, well, if it's gonna be, it's up to me, right? We redouble our efforts and we try harder. So, okay, so it's not working, so now I've gotta invest more. I've gotta work harder, I've gotta do more push-ups, I've gotta do more crunches, I've gotta run more miles, I've gotta, I mean, we just, we do this thing where we're like trying harder on our own power. And so, as you can see in there, in the obsessive, how it goes, we make a little progress as soon as we mellow out, just a little bit, plateau a little, then we, tr we double our efforts, and so it shoots us up again, right? And so we are like constantly mm, pushing ourselves harder and harder and harder. What happens when we push ourselves harder and harder and harder? Yeah, we get tired. <laughs> We're really tired. Some of us, some can sustain this for a long time. I think we see this in, um, like, I think of in corporate world a lot because we, we're s there's so much pressure and so much striving and it's so dependent on me. But I do that in my spiritual life too. Like, well, I'm just gonna try harder. I'm gonna do better. And I, I keep that focus on me. And so we keep doing this and this and this and then all of a sudden, yeah, it's too much. And then we drop off again. So that's the obsessive. <laughs> Pushing harder, redoubling efforts. Then there's the hacker. Um, the hacker is willing to stay in plateau or in this even spot forever. Okay, <laughs> so maybe they experience a little growth, then they experience a little more growth, and then they're like, I'm good. I'm really good. I, s I think of this in, um, in professional, any kind of professional setting. I mean, t it could be ministry, prof but whatever someone does, when we don't do continuing education, like, do I wanna get my hair cut by the lady who <laughs> went to haircut school like 25 years ago and hasn't done anything, hasn't learned anything new since then? Well, no, not really. I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe you guys do. I don't. <laughs> um, or the, I, 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 f I hear people, say it kind of like this, or I could, I'll just say it as if it was myself. So I went to school and I got a degree in physical education. And that was a, a long time ago, like, <laughs> I don't even know how many years. <laughs> 25 years ago or so. Well, I could say, I know everything about, you know, anatomy and how the body works and operates, but I've forgotten a lot in 25 years and a lot has changed. Like there's new things have come. But the hacker says, yeah, I'm good. Or you heard that phrase like, I told you I loved you when I married you and I'll let you know if that changes. <laughs> like that to me is the hacker. <laughs> oh, um, 
But see, what, another thing that comes with the hackers, there's, there's no sense of urgency. Um, I think of indifference when I think of the hacker. Um, and no investment, no investment in growth. And why don't we want to grow sometimes? Well, it's painful. Growth is, growth is hard. It sometimes feels easier just to stay here. Sometimes I l wish life would just go to here for a little while. Like, <laughs> I, just, I just don't want to do anything. I just want to be that person that goes to a coffee shop and just sits there and doesn't have anything to do. <laughs> nothing to think about, nothing to worry about, but that's not, that's not how it is. Um, so in, in our relationship with God, the, the hacker to me is that, is when, I'm going to say when I, because I think I do all of these <coughs> things at some point. I'm not immune to any of them. Now, I'm working to not do that, but, but I do it. So the hacker is when I get in that mindset, like, I'm good. Like, I've, I've learned, I know Jesus, I'm going to heaven, I'm good. So we don't do anything else with it. It's, um, I think it's a place that's stuck, but we, we tend to tell ourselves we're not stuck because we say we're good. Fine, that answer fine, to me that is the hacker answer. <laughs> everything's fine. Um, not good or bad, just everything's fine. Um, when I look at the obsessive in a, <laughs> s in a spiritual component, it's when I sin or when I fail, and I use I a lot and say I have to do better, I have to work harder, I have to fix it instead of turning to the Lord to help me. Um, the obsessive really is a, it's all about me. Um, now maybe we don't say that, like, oh, it's the me life. I don't mean that. I just mean it's, a, it's, it's works-based. Often when we get into works mode, anybody get into works mode spiritually? I mean, yeah, we know, we say our, you know, our eternity, salvation, everything is not by works but then we live <laughs> like it's up to me, like it's about works. Um, and, in the, and in the dabbler, I, this is the one I probably struggle with the most. Um, I feel like sometimes, well, if I just do this new thing, then, then I'll get on track. I, I think that the system is gonna fix things, if that makes sense. If I just, do this Bible study, if I just buy this prayer journal, if I just join this group. Um, and th but then it does get hard, and like I said about the dabbler before, then something doesn't work right, or I mess up, and that phrase comes up a lot, well, maybe God didn't really want me to do it in the first place. Um, when we, um, Joe and I first, our first ministry was in Seattle area, and um, we had been there for four years and had made the decision to move to Oregon. And um, so he was a youth pastor in Seattle, so we were going to go to a church in Oregon. Um, bigger church. We knew the pastor pretty well. And, um, 
I think God gives women a gift sometimes, like, hey, this is what's going to happen, so we can get all prepared, because it took Joe like a year to figure out that that's what we were supposed to do, and I was just patiently waiting, um, thankful for that, but um, when he finally decided that we would go there, um, now, in our church in Seattle, it was, it was like honeymoon for the whole time. We had, we just had really, really great relationships. I'm not saying it was perfect, but how the people viewed us and that whole relationship was so wonderful. Now, six months after we arrived in Oregon, we were like, what just happened? Like, we started to see there was this pocket of parents that were, wow, just really, really hard to work with. And they were very critical and very, oh man, it was challenging. We realized that's why um, Tim, the guy that hired us, wanted Joe there because he didn't want some new guy to get eaten up and spit out. I mean, that's really <laughs> like how it was. But six months in, it would have been really easy to say, you know what, I just don't think this is what God wanted for us. We're out of here. It would have been really easy to quit. Now, that happens a lot. I don't know if statistics are changing, but that used to be 18 months used to be, well, actually, I think it was more like 14, the number of months average that a youth pastor would stay at a church um, because, because it's hard. And when it gets hard, we, we tend to just jump to something new. Um, all right. Any, uh, I'd love to hear some feedback on this. The dabbler, the obsessive, and the hacker. Say we're normally not this quiet. I know. So oh. No, I got Lynn. <laughs> well, I mean, whatever, whatever you need. <laughs> I think I, I think I saw that hand, Janet. Um, I'm a dabbler. Um, I'm also obsessive, so. But um, the dabbler part of me loves to start something new so that um, I feel like I'm doing something for God. Um, because I feel like my life has stopped where I am and he expects more of me. So maybe my purpose is over here. So I'll just sort of jump over to something else. And then I start it and um, all of a sudden I think, wow, this isn't really what I expected it was gonna be. Um, and I have discovered that it, it is not the fact that um, he wants me to do something different. He wants me to ask for his purpose and he wants me to wait for him. And I don't like waiting. If nothing's happening, I wanna move on. I wanna find something that makes me feel better. Absolutely. Anyone else? Figure when it's quiet, you either asked the wrong question, <laughs> a misunderstood question, yeah. Or everybody's like, oh, not me. Okay. Well, you said no confession, so that's hard. <laughs> yeah, that's a confession. Everybody's coming forward, right? Um, so, health, food, it's been a journey for me my whole life. Um, high school, I struggled with anorexia and college bulimia and some of those things, more of a, even a dabbler in those things, you know. And um, so just as 
so there's a lot in here, a lot of struggle when it comes to image and what to do. So I did, I dabbled in tons of diets. And um, for the past 10 years, I, I had a realization, and for the past 10 years, when I start something different, it's more around creating different, a different type of accountability, but I go back to the same thing. It's been really hard. It's been this conscious effort like, okay, I know that this works, and this is, this is the right thing to do, and so I'm gonna go back and do that. It's not as fun as picking out a new diet book. I, I mean, it's like this crazy little, it would be so much more exciting to, to do something extreme and hardcore instead of work on the lifestyle part. Anybody with me there? I see lots of heads going, yeah. Um, and that, but that, so on the next page at the top, it says mastery. <coughs> and that really is what we're after. Tracy, real quick. Um, as you were talking just then, it hit me. The dabbler, which I can be, like you said, I can see myself in all of these things. It just clicked with me. When I dabble, it's because I want to do something new because I don't want to deal with the, what was old. Yeah. So the, the dabbler in me is like, okay, this isn't working because let's go find something new and exciting because then I don't have to deal with me. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, that's why it's hard for silence. That's, you know, mental silence too. So um, we, we live in the realm of quick fixes. So I, I don't want a process, I want results, like right now. I mean, that's what everybody promotes, I think, in our, you know, in our social media world, that's all we see. Um, we see this, like, glamorous side. I think of even this, the be extraordinary journey. Like, to do something that others think is extraordinary, like when we moved across the country. People are like, wow, that's so awesome, and, um, we took a teenager in to live with us, and they're like, that's so cool. And I'm like, it's cool, but it's really hard work, and it really stinks sometimes. Like, the, the tears, the things that happen on the, on the daily piece of it, like, we just see the cool part. And, and yeah, I think we crave it. We crave this mountaintop experience. We crave the feeling. Have you ever said that about, like, <sighs> doing my devotions every day, but I want to feel it. Because maybe you've, you've felt it before. You've been on a mountaintop before. Um, I know, I, I remember this one time. So we, had to, we took a trip to, um, Joe got to speak in Africa, and we took our family. And it was the whole experience, the six months before, and then the, the whole experience there, and after with our kids, the whole thing was just Unreal. It was a huge mountaintop experience. And I remember like six months later, one of the teenagers in our group came back from spending several months over in, um, in India. And when she got back, there was this glow in her and I wanted it so bad. I'm like, I want to go do something because I know what that feels like. Like I know that whole experience. Now, I'm just, now I'm not looking at all those months where it was hard and we weren't sure where the money was going to come from and the stress and the 
all that piece, I don't see that when I look back. I just see this glorious mountaintop and how amazing it was, and I want that. And so sometimes we try this path, mountaintop, 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 and eventually, like, you, you can only hit so many mountaintops before you have a non-mountaintop moment, right? Or a non-mountaintop three years. Like, but I think that's what we're, that's what we're striving for. So um, we want quick fixes because this plateau, when you look at that mastery model, it is like what I would call a little mountaintop and then a long plateau and a little mountaintop and a long plateau. And hopefully we are, when I look at this in a spiritual way, hopefully we are growing in our relationship with Lord. And so our, our plateaus are getting higher. They're getting better. Like even when I talk about food and, and diets and lifestyle, hopefully, you know, each time I kind of rethink things and reset up accountability and restart something that I, I'm making progress. I'm not where I was 10 years ago, making progress in those ways. Here's some of the things about plateaus. Plateaus are monotonous. Anybody in a stage of monotony at least in, in one area of your life. Yeah. It, I don't like that at, at all. I like extraordinary things. As hard as they are, I would rather have them than what feels like what's happening. I don't know what's happening here. But it's also on the plateaus where we learn what joy really is. And we're going to touch on this again later. I know from the last lesson that Barb did on joy, which was awesome. So it's in these moments, because what do mountaintops sometimes give us? Hi, happiness, right? It's like, yes, and there's nothing wrong with that. But joy, remember joy is this internal thing. It's the thing that stays the same when your whole world falls apart. There is an internal, it's the joy of the Lord. Now, it doesn't look like crazy, okay? On, on some people, I think it does. <laughs> but, like, the personality comes out in that. But there is this underlying that whatever we're walking through, we, we have this joy and peace. Then it's inside. And it, so I think it's on these plateaus where we discover what joy is. We're not in a mountaintop. Okay, this is joy. Um, the third one, it's where we seek direction from the Lord. In a mountaintop moment, I'm not saying, hey, Lord, what, what am I supposed to do or what's next? No, I'm like, I'm in the moment of it or in tragedy. Like, it's such a different spot. But in the plateau, like, seeking and waiting. Maybe we should write wait in there. That because I'm waiting to see what's next, but I'm really just seeking the direction of the Lord during that time. And then the next one goes right along with it. But there are places to seek the Lord often without answers. So, and that is a very difficult place when we really want to know either what we're supposed to do or what we're supposed to learn. And sometimes I think the plateaus feel silent at times. And some, t some moments in the plateaus, that's when my 
devotional life, like that consistent walk with the Lord, sometimes feels like I'm, I, I don't feel like I'm getting anything out of this. I'm trying, but sometimes I don't, I don't, I don't feel in the same way in those moments. Now, also on the plateau, I would say that there is great richness in there too. I, th- I think we get a mix of both. I don't think the Lord just leaves, leaves us feeling like he's silent forever. We, but we really have to seek him when we're in that plateau place. So it's important that when, when life gets hard or we're thing, when things seem unclear, that we don't live like the dabbler and just throw in the towel and say, well, forget it and we'll go on to something else. Um, now, I'm not saying to do that in unwise ways, okay? So understand that. But we also, we learn to love and appreciate the process as much as we love the mountaintop experiences. So it's possible, but I think it's a mindset shift that we learn to love the process. We learn to love the routine. Um, I was thinking about what, what Megan shared last time of being in the radiation routine. That's kind of a plateau. You know, when you think about cancer diagnosis and chemo, and now it's, it's I mean, six weeks of just, there's kind of unknown. You're not to the end yet where you get results and find out what's next. You just, you're just doing the stuff. You're doing the process. And that, like, to learn to love the process, it's a, it's a great place to be. Because here's the thing. You spend more of your life on the plateau than you do on the mountain. So if we don't learn to love the plateau piece, then, well, that's a pretty miserable existence. <laughs> so we, we have to learn to love that. It's what I think of as this like daily walk with God. A get up, Lord, what do you have for me today? And, and we just keep learning and we keep growing. And sometimes it feels a little monotonous, but it is worth it to stay in that process. If, if I want a mountaintop experience, then I'm going to have to learn how to be in that process with the Lord so that I'm ready. If I fight it and I kick out of it and I say forget it, I'm going to miss everything that I need in order to experience whatever that is God has for me next. <coughs> That's piece cake. <laughs> yeah, Judy, hang on for the mic, please. <coughs> I think in the plateau areas where you really grow, you can really feel that peace and love of the Lord when things do get mundane that you know, you just have that inner peace Mm -hmm. and that it's okay because Mm -hmm. that's, I'm growing. The Lord is faithful. Absolutely. So I, I guess part of that challenge is, will you just rest in that? If you're in a plateau moment, will you just be in that moment? Allow yourself to just be in that moment. I think, too, you can get so exhausted in the obsessive stage. I think, too, we, are, we as women, and just you know, we go, 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 and do, do, do. Um, 
But I think sometimes, you know, in that obsessive stage where suddenly you go, I am tired. I just need to just let it be and plateau out is what I realized. But I'm always fighting the plateau, trying to get to the mountaintop. Mm -hmm. uh, it just seems like this past year I've just been clawing, like, dang it, I'm going to get here, I'm going to get here, I'm going to get to the joy. Um, and I will I'll, be joyful. <laughs> I will be joyful, darn it. And then I'll get there and have it, and then I'm done, and I go ride my bike. I mean, seriously, you know? I know. So um, I can see how all these intertwine mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I really appreciate this analogy on Good. the little mountaintop and the big plateau. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we wish it was flipped sometimes, but I know from my experiences this far in life that when that mountain comes, I'm able to look back and see why I needed the length of that plateau and what I needed to learn in the process, and, it, and it's good. It's hard to remember that on the plateau and in the process, but it's so true. Um, we, I don't, I don't think we'll do, I'll just touch on these next. So the hacker, when my spiritual walk gets stagnant, I will. And I, I just want you to think of some, some action steps that you might put in here of some things that you will do. So that to create this awareness when, when I'm in one of these spaces so that I can bring myself back to a right place. Um, like I think when when my spiritual walk gets stagnant, I will re-engage the process. Um, because sometimes I think it's easy to say, oh, well, you know, I can miss a day or it doesn't really matter, I'm okay. Um, instead of just engaging the process, do you see where obedience gonna, is gonna come in? <laughs> just to obey, just to do, the right thing out of love for God. It's, it's a real simple um, part of the journey. And then the obsessive, when I realize I am trying to do life on my own, there's a number of things you could put in there. Um, you know, for me, it's like I will surround myself with others who can help me see those areas of my life, um, I will humbly surrender to the Lord, to his timing and his ways, like choose to settle into being patient and waiting. Um, the dabbler, when I want to quit, <laughs> I will stay until God clearly shows me something different. Um, I I just had that experience where I was like, Lord, I don't know what to do. I d there was kind of an action step that needed to be, well, needed. In my mind, it needed to be taken, needed to be taken immediately. And um, I, I read this thing that says, if, you know, if God hasn't given you clear direction, then just, just wait. Then don't, don't do anything. Yeah, just stand still. Um, but that can be really hard because I want to fix it. I want to do something about it. 
or I want him to write the big letters in the sky. And he's like, just sit there and wait, and I'll show you when it's time. So, obedience is the path of mastery. It's the path of abiding. And so last time when Barb talked about joy and how do we get joy, we get joy by abiding. And how do we abide with the Lord? Through obedience. So in John 15, and at the bottom of your page there, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. And then here it is. If you keep my commandments, so if you obey, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. When we love God, we we'll want to obey him. When we choose to obey him, we will be connected to him. That, that's part of that obedience. We will abide in him through the plateau and it will produce joy. It's a really simple thing and it's really, really hard. <laughs> really, really challenging. But it's also quite um, simple. If you have your notes from last week, maybe have their two weeks, whatever, last time you were here, the joy notes. I was um, listening to Barb's lesson, because of course I wasn't here um, two weeks ago, and I was, several times I kept thinking, oh, well that's like exactly what I want to talk about when it comes to obedience. Then I'd listen a little further and I was like, oh, well that's a point that makes total sense with obedience. And I just loved the connection of it. So there's a page that says practical ways to increase our joy center. Do you guys see that page? Week nine. Um, yeah, I think whatever the last week nine, week nine. March nineteenth, um, April, March nineteenth. Was it? Is that the last time she taught? It's not on the website. I listened to the last one. Sorry, March. Yeah, you can go back to any of them. But apparently the one from two weeks ago still isn't up because <laughs> it wasn't up yet. Oh, you watched a video. Okay. Okay. Now that I've thoroughly confused you. So does someone have it? So Okay, March 19th. And what page did you tell us to look for? It's this page right here. I'm scribbled all over it. But it says... Oh, the second page. Practical ways to increase our joy center. Okay. Joy is a choice. It's okay if you're not there. You can just listen and you can go back to it. <coughs> so I just want to touch um, on each of these. So the first one, joy is a choice. And it was... Obedience is a choice. It's absolutely a choice. And I thought how the dabbler really fits into that. That when, 
when things start to drop off for me, I can choose to abandon what I'm doing and go on to something else, or I can choose to keep doing those right things that I know to do. I can choose to stay in on that plateau. Um, so obedience is a choice. Um, the second one, she said, look for the blessings in every situation. And like that, the question that came to me was, what might God be doing? What might he be teaching me right now? What might I need to learn? And it's, it's looking for God in the situation. So in the obsessive, I'm looking for what can I do? What do I need to fix? How do I need to do it different? And this, look for the blessing in every situation. It's really to see God in that situation. And the, which ties into the third one. Get your eyes off yourself and on him. You know, our greatest commandments, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it, love our neighbor as ourself. That's where we can settle into, am I doing that? Rather than putting that focus back on me again and trying to do better and better myself or looking at myself. The fourth one, discover where God is at work in your life. This one made me think of the hacker because we get in this, um, this stagnant place and to really ask, like, God, what do you want me to do? Because I think the hacker probably needs to do something, needs to engage, whether it's a heart level or maybe, maybe there's something that God's been asking you to do for a long time in a relationship, um, with your health, with, you know, how you spend your time. I don't know what it is, but asking what... What am I supposed to do? And do we really want to be engaged in God's work? I hope so. Because God's doing a lot of things. And it's our choice to engage in it and to be a part of it. Or we can just have the easy life and watch everyone else do that. Number five, don't live in the past. Blame, shame, guilt. Um, I also think that for the dabbler, it's so easy to have excuses. Like, well, I'm not doing that anymore because <laughs> blame, 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 blame. Now I'm going to do this because this is better. No, I just, like Lisa said, I just don't want to deal with my stuff. <laughs> I don't want to address who I really am. I don't want to forgive. I think forgiveness is a huge one there for not living in the past with ourselves or with others. And then the sixth one, remember the power that you have in Christ. We can do all things through him who strengthens us. Um, those things so tie in. I, it's kind of amazing how much obedience and abiding and joy all tie in together. And I hope that you see that today. Um, when you go to your small groups, I would love for you to just talk through this, to spend some time talking through this first page. But when you address, when you recognize an issue, maybe this is confessional time, that's in your small group. <laughs> but when you, when you see that area, then asking that question of what do I need to do in order to go back into mastery mode? 
what do I need to do to start abiding? You know, what do I, where do I need to stop putting effort or put all the stuff on myself? So to really just look through these things and talk through that as a, as a small group and see if you can help and encourage each other to get on the path of obedience on on the path of abiding with the Lord. All right. Okay, let me pray for you. Lord, I just uh, thank you for your patience with us, how with me, and that you're not surprised or bothered by um, how we process some of life sometimes. And I do pray that you would help us to be satisfied and to even find joy in the plateau pieces of life, in the monotony, in the what feels like getting up and doing the same thing over and over again, Lord. I pray that our relationship with you would, would never feel like a bore, that we would even find joy just in the fact that we're obeying, that we're doing what you want us to do, that we're loving you and loving others, that that might be enough. And then, Lord, I really believe that those mountaintop experiences will be even sweeter, even better when we are more connected, more in love with you. So help us to um, stay in the process wherever that is that each one of us are. And I pray that the small group time would honor you and would help us grow. In Jesus' name, amen.